Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome back to Rule the Roost podcast. I'm your host to Trunk. Um, I'm going to go through this little bit again, as I usually do when I say, oh, I need to stop calling myself to Trunk and call myself Jack. And then I introduce Raj Baines. Raj Baines, how you doing? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Reading have just got a penalty. Ooh. Yeah, I'm very happy with this. Anyway. Really? I, you know what, Fulham? Uh, no, it's just that Fulham scare me. If Huddersfield do somehow get through to the playoff final, then there's not a chance I want to play a Fulham who put nine goals past them in two games. But anyway, sorry, I apologise. I've ruined the start of the podcast. No, 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 that's all right, mate. I'm I'm quite conflicted about Fulham anyway because it's... Uh, obviously, I do, for all my sins, all my faults, whatever, I don't know what the appropriate turn of phrase is here, but... I do have some sort of loyalty to you and wanting Huddersfield to to come up. But also, Craven Cottage is literally, I mean literally, up the road from me. Yeah, and um, it's a beautiful and, away day as well. Yeah, it's a really nice away day, so I'm, you know, I'm torn there, mate. I'm not going to lie. Saying that though, Huddersfield's not a bad away day. You you get to come up here and visit and whatnot. That'd be true, that'd yeah. be true. Yeah. Reading have oh. scored, by the way, 2-1 on aggregate to the Royals, who are... Probably the everyone's least favourite option to go up. They're just a just a generic nothing club, aren't they? Really. Yeah. Although Yapstam's done miracles on a fairly tight budget there. So yeah, I only found out quite recently actually that Yapstam was in charge of them. Yeah, whole season he's done really well all year. Um, um, they they do sort of play a fairly um questionable bra- questionable brand of football every now and then. Um. And, bit you know, it. Yeah, and their ground's just sort of one of the modern day sort of soulless bowls and, mm. um, you know, red nice. fans get quite a stick as well and, and all that sort of thing. But it's just a commuter nice, town, isn't it? Nice segue there as well, mate, with uh, stadiums, soulless corporate bowls. <laughs> yeah, moving on. Yeah. Um, White Hart Lane. Goodbye, White Hart Lane. Um, I mean... What's your? Did you watch the ceremony, right? Yeah. What did you make of it? I thought. Um, I actually think, in a perverse sense, the way that West Ham did Upton Park, I know it's sort of cheap point to bring it up, but having seen sort of how tacky and how overlong and how badly that production can go, um, it almost helped rein in what the club were going to do and it was sort of yeah. that was an advert for what not to do and as a result it was vile you know, wasn't it though West Ham like, <laughs> yeah it was really just weird horrible. like daytime TV presenters and 
cabs on the pitch and all that sort of you know nonsense. It, it really was. It, it was just gaudy to to watch and felt like sort of some sort of Butlin's production. But um, in keeping with the club, though, to be fair, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's harsh as it sounds. It's true, but you know the the class and sort of the smoothness and the the quality of production. Um, that Spurs had done the sort of even the little touches. Like I think I genuinely think the the social coverage which Tottenham over the years have had, you know, troubles with, and you know we've taken shots at them and whatnot before, was genuinely outstanding and and still is. The sort of the fact that they've clearly been planning this in the background for a while now, and we're just waiting for sort of I's to be dotted and T's crosses before they put it into action really should in just how smooth and rich the the coverage has been. Um, and I've really appreciated that. That level of care and attention has been, you know, really nice to sort of engage with. And I've made a real point of sort of, at the end of the day, going to the... Twitter page and the Facebook page to see if there's anything I've missed because I want to see like old interviews with people or sort of if they put a compilation together or if the Kenneth Branner things up or what have you, sort of just being able to watch them and, and stuff. So um, I think the whole thing was sort of um, as good as it could have been. Um, you know, I was disappointed Adele didn't turn up after you said she would. <laughs> Well, the, the rumor is now that she's going to open the new stadium, mate. So watch the space. You know, you know how reliable my ITK is. I think it's just you wanting to see Adele just secretly floating the rumors in hope that somebody from Spurs has heard. Um, yeah, but you know, you know what? I I I'm not that big on Adele, mate. I'm not actually, you know, I'm, I don't. She's obviously very talented. She's yeah. obviously brilliant, but I'm. It just, just doesn't really do it for me. No, no, I wouldn't sit down and listen to her album or all, but um, I watched her live at Glastonbury and it was mm. fairly decent. And, uh, I can imagine that, but that's, a, that's the right sort of time I'd want to see it, you know, see it, her. <laughs> yeah, um, I actually watched her on my own at Glastonbury, which is a longer story than it should be. Did you have a cry? Uh, I don't think I did. Um, no, I didn't have a cry. Um are you just trying to be hard in front of the lads? No, I, I had a, I know I had to sing along with some randoms that I was stood near because I think they sort of took pity on me because they saw I was lost and spent like sort of the, <laughs> the twenty minutes before she came on stage like frantically trying to hold up my phone and get signal or what have you um, because you know, essentially the, the signal at Glastonbury is not actually that bad, but when sort of a hundred thousand people congregate at the pyramid stage it sort of sends the networks off a kilter. So I was supposed to meet my friends at one place and they got diverted to another place. Um, and I couldn't get in contact, so I didn't know where they were and essentially just ended up watching the entire set on me, Todd. Um, and it was... Uh, still enjoyed it and met him back afterwards and chat. We're, we're digressing a bit here, mate. Yeah, yeah sorry about that. Down now. Yeah. No, That's um, all right. You know, it's, it's what we do. Why change the <laughs> habit of a lifetime? Yeah, no, yeah. but I um I think it was uh, I think I tweeted at the time that it it was sent off as it stood, um, gloriously, and I, I think that was fitting. I mean, they, they picked the right players to turn up. They they did the right things. And the choir was you know a, a nice touch. It wasn't some sort of weird band. Even Chaz and Dave could have been the tackiest thing there, but that was still sort of in keeping with what Tottenham are as a club. You, you know, in terms of the players that showed up, a lot of people were sort of, they scoffed and 
they were quite surprised at the inclusion of Simon Davis. But I, 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 I absolutely weirdly, I've had such a soft spot for Simon Davis my entire life. Like I, I, I just loved him. Express. I, I just identified him as one of those players I really like, and I really liked him. Um, yeah. If you so take I it in sort of like the context was, uh, as as where Spurs were as a club at the time. And Simon Davies was sort of a relatively big player for us at that moment in time. He was, absolutely um, was. So although it's sort of, it's easy to have short memories now where sort of you're battling for league titles and have these, you know, the most um, expensively assembled squad sort of in terms of market value in the world. Um, it's easy to sort of forget where we've come from, which I think is... Um, quite poor to be honest I, I take pride in the fact that we were shit because it um that's what is the difference between us and a club like city or or chelsea is the fact that you know it's taken us a while to dig ourselves out of the hole and this whole stadium move is the the biggest sign of that mm. um although it's bittersweet and everything it's sort of <laughs> the most physical representation of how far we've come it is do you think I mean, I was I was kind of thinking about this after after the whole ceremony was over and so on and so forth. And I know, see, there's this there's this nitpicky attitude that a lot of other people are are presenting. Um, and I know I kind of joked about it as well the other week on the pod. To be fair, um, that we are essentially staying in the same place, and there is a lot to be thankful for in that same match day experience. Uh, at least en route to it. You know, you can drink in the same pubs, you'll still be taking the same journey from your respective homes, so on and so forth. Um, But, you know, it it, it is, you know, it's an irreversible change to the club now. And it's, I I know it's just a building and so on and so forth, but there's so many memories and there's so much held within that ground that, you know, I think that realization that you're never going to step foot in that ground again. It's not the same pitch. It's it, it is moving, but it's it's more than that, right? Like you're kind of touching on it there in that this is the the clearest and most visible sign that the club is growing. But it's almost like what the club once was is is kind of it's closed with White Hart Lane, right? We've we have become effectively now a super club. Um, and that kind of that bittersweet tin pot bobbins type vibe that we've prided ourselves on for so long, you know, that's that's part of Spurs' identity. It's part of what we love. And I'm sure, yeah, the, you know, there'll be plenty of moments to laugh at us um, in future, and I'm sure there'll be many ups and downs to come. But you know, even even the downs are probably not going to be what they once were. You'd think, anyway, um, at least until everyone else is on par with us. It's still talking it, about where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah, that's true. I just, I, I don't know. It's, it's a monumental change. It's the way we're becoming so much more of a brand now. And yeah, I've actually, I, it, to be honest, I found the, the accusation that the, the commemoration of the end of White Hart Lane was somehow over the top because we've managed to build a stadium in exactly the same ah, place. Fuck off. Um, yeah, I, I think that's ridiculous. I think that's, and it's coming from the same sort of people who accuse the game of being too sanitized and yeah. um, sort of being run as a, you know, corporate machine, which is entirely true. But 
end of the day, you've got to decide which side of bread you want buttered because you can't have it both ways. And you can't tell a club off for being sentimental and doing something which is essentially lip service for the fans. Tottenham didn't have to put on or organise or shell out or you know do anything of what they did. Um, I know they might have done it for social media engagement or, you know, to sell the idea of the club to other places or anything like that. It could have been a two-minute video on the screen and they could have kicked people out and torn it down um, without, you know, looking back, essentially. But they didn't. And what they did, uh, I would like to think, was largely because it's something the fans have asked for and it's something that means a lot to us. And... um, I think there's a lot to be said for that because uh, that, that that's a a dying trait in football. So it's it's quite troubling to see people sort of try and take a shot. Um, <laughs> a club always, trying to you, do right. You're always going to have it though, mate. And you're going to have this sort of negativity. And I think that you know, I don't mind negativity. Funny. I don't. I don't. I, I wouldn't mind like sort of people taking a piss and going, "Oh, you've you've brought Berbatov out, and you know why would he yeah, be a yeah, club yeah. legend? Because he sort of he bailed as soon as he could, and that sort of thing. You know, you you've got to take on the no, chin because course. it's true. Absolutely. But and a bit, look at yeah. I know I'm a particularly cynical character, but what I mean is like this: the the sort of snarking from certain quarters that you know, like you're saying. It, it just feels like it's it's nothing other than forced. It's just forced and it's just for the point of being a dick. Yeah. Because we do, like you said, we didn't do anything particularly gaudy. There was nothing particularly crass about what we did. It was the same as you'd see it. It was basically like a giant testimonial in a way or yeah. like, you know, uh, 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 an 150-year celebration of the club or something. You know, we got the legends out on the pitch and then we got the players out on the pitch, we, which they probably would have done. I mean, a lot of what they did on that day, they probably would have done at the end of any season anyway. Like, I've been, you know, I've been to yeah, yeah. plenty of end-of-season games and they get the le- they get a few legends out and then the team will all go out. They just, there was a little bit more pomp to it, but mm. it wasn't that OTT. It, w- it was... You know, just pretty fitting. It was nice. Um, And also, mate, Jesus Christ, to rain throughout the whole ceremony. And then as it comes to a very end, the heavens open. And rainbow. It's it's sun and a rain Like that, like, honestly, uh, Charlotte made a good point that, like, you know, if, if, like, there was some kind of device in future to control the weather, you would literally pay millions for that to happen. (laughs) You know, like... It's just, it, it It was insane. You know, it was It was absolutely incredible. And I'll, I'll be honest, at that point, I, I started welling up. You know, I was just like, Christ, oh, like yeah. this is, this is, this is something else. Um, I mean, that was only sort of in, in poignancy. That was only second to that image of the bloke doing a big line of sniff on the field. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's so good, that, isn't it? <laughs> it's just the fact that he didn't even try What's to hide lad? it. He's yeah. got his Winston rolled up and he's... Uh, He's tilting away. That's something to say there. Um, you, he, won't, he won't find it as funny if he's got a banning order for the new ground. Apparently, yeah, true. Apparently, some lad ran onto the uh, ran onto the pitch, ran straight to the center circle, yeah, and literally ate it like bit <laughs> into the turf and took a bite out of the center circle. Yeah, I've seen um, a fair few pictures of people kissing the turf, which I quite like to see. And, you hear reports of people reenacting certain celebrations. I heard there was a, a few sort of dads in the 40s doing Klinsman drives and then a few younger people shout to do the, the Robbie Keane 
celebration. So, you know what? The if that's how the fans who are in that ground choose to mark it, then so be it. Because um, they weren't on the pitch for very long, really, in terms of context of how long they could have been. Um, and literally, that was the last chance they were going to get to be on that turf, and mm. it means a lot. You know, the simple fact of as silly as it sounds, a simple fact of sort of putting your foot on the end of that ground even more than running on it is sort of a big thing. It's sort of, it's something you've, if you support a team, you've probably dreamed of your entire life. Um, it's that one final taboo, isn't it? You you spend your entire life sat in the stand sort of yards away from the, the grass, especially at somewhere like White Lane, as it was, so close within sort of touching distance from it, but you've never actually been on it. Um, so I, I don't mind that whatsoever. I think it was, um, it was nice. Uh, the whole thing was was nice, including the game. Just whilst we're uh, on on the sort of the stadium stuff, uh, Shubes at the real Shubes, uh, he's asked us, um, "What's your best and worst White Hart Lane memories?" I mean, we've already we both did the dad thing, so if you can <laughs> think of something outside of that one, um, um, I probably one of my favourite games I've ever watched. Um, is the 5-1 in the cup semi-final against Arsenal because it was the first time in a long time I'd seen us beat them. Um, It was the first time in a long time we'd been in a cup final and it was just sort of one of those those real stepping stones into sort of the evolution into what the club is now. It was one of the first times sort of what we thought we were seeing was actually happening in front of us. It was, you know, a, a real sign of that. And it was just so enjoyable because um, it was sort of, it, it came out of the blue in some respects, sort of Steve Malbronk scoring and shit like that, Robbie Keane. And um, it was it was just a, I remember being very happy that evening and sort of going into school the next day and sort of being used to people taking the piss out of you because you're a Tottenham fan and them not being able to say anything because you've, Stuffed your rivals five one and you're off to a final. Um, that was probably in, in recent memory, other than the first time you go with your dad. Obviously, um, that was one of my favourites. Rather bizarrely, like not, you know, I wouldn't say it's the best or anything like that. I've got so many, but one that stands out for me um, in recent years uh, is just a. I don't know. It's just such a such a brilliant night. Was the uh, the match against Fiorentina. Um, in the season before last Europa League, um, yeah, just before just before the Dortmund game, I believe. Mm. It? Yeah, it was the round before Dortmund. Um, I just remember the ho- yeah, I just remember the home leg just being after because you know we we'd been not eliminated by them the year before, and yeah, they're kind of one of those teams that are, they probably are a bit behind us, but classically speaking, they've always been a sort of Spurs of Italy, really that sort of similar sized club. Um, in you know relative terms, and it just—I don't know—it just seemed like it just seemed like everyone, the crowd, the players. It was one of those perfect storms of an evening where the conditions were incredible. It was the lights on midweek, European tie, all white strip. Like the crowd were just in full voice, and the, like the whole stadium was rocking and. 
the 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 play like was just incredible. It was just that free flowing spurs in Europe when they properly fancy it and the opposition are terrified of us type performance. And you could, I don't know, there was just, I, I know it's it's so naff to do this, but it, there was just something just so perfect, so like magical about it. But it, it was just such a great, great game. And it really stood out for me. And I I, I don't know, it's just one that re- it, it, I really do remember it really fondly. I, I, I mean, I'm a massive fan of, of playing in European competition. I know a lot of people are snooty about the Europa League, but, you know, as, as I always say, I, I love it. I, I never get angry about us being in it because I remember just genuinely throughout my entire childhood, always asking the question at the end of the year, will eight, will seventh or eighth get us Europe? Will seventh or eighth get us Europe? And just wanting so much and having one wank campaign where we got knocked out by Kaiserslautern. Um, I think my first enough. one was like um, one of the years under Yole, um, yeah. and we got pipped to it by Middlesbrough, I think, on like the last day of the season. Probably, do you know what I mean? That um, that kind of thing. And it was sort and, of that was gutting at the time. And I just think I, I know I know the early leagues, the early stages of the Europa League are pretty tedious and that kind of thing. But it's just it's just nice to be playing in Europe. You know, it's not. It's not the be all and end all to to just kind of. There's only you know I don't know. There's only there's only one real domestic domestic honor up for grabs that is going to keep everyone happy, and that's the league. And other than that, you know, you're going to be split. Some people are going to be angry if you sacrifice a European trophy for the FA Cup, and other people will be happy and vice versa, and so on and so forth. And I just think you know, really, like winning a European trophy of that size. Look at Man United now. For all the years they've turned their nose up at it, they'll, they'll be chuffed if they win the Europa League. Yeah. Arguably, they they shouldn't be a club of that size, but you know, who knows? I remember um, how much fun it was though that first UEFA Cup campaign. What was it two with, with the two, Sevilla? Two we fight, got, yeah, uh, two thousand and six, yeah. seven. I think we went undefeated for. First yeah. round we beat Prague, Slavia Prague, wasn't it? Twice. Then we had like a group with Bruges and Bucharest and Leverkusen and I think it might have been Besiktas. And I think we won all our games. Um, and then I think we had Braga that year. Because I remember that kicked off really late at night and I had to ask my mum and dad to stay up late for, from after <laughs> school. I think we actually won both legs 3-2 as well. Sort of... Uh, these are some of my most vivid Tottenham memories. I think I remember those Braga games more intently than I do sort of the three one against Inter Milan. Because yeah. at the time they, they meant more to me. It was sort of I can't believe Tottenham are playing in Portugal. How come we can play a team that don't play in England? I didn't think this was possible. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Um and it was just, you know, it was one of those weird things. I remember how excited I was. I think I actually we we delayed. We were supposed to go up to Scotland to see somebody, family, maybe the first leg, the severe first leg. And I think I kicked off so much at home and was like so mad. And obviously dad was on my side. So sort of having an inside agent, I managed to delay us leaving the day so that I could watch that game. And then I think we may have left like in the early hours or something or managed to convince him because I was so desperate to see his play severe away. Um, and, it, you know, that means more to you than... Um, you know, it seems a bit slap-handed to say that, you know, success can get boring because obviously it doesn't because you know where you've come from. But that first taste of <laughs> of being on this journey will will forever be sort of a, 
a more potent and meaningful mm. time than anything else. I think in the same way that those fans, you know, that, that last season we were relegated and came straight back up, talk about that year with such fondness. It's, you know, although it's not directly comparable, it's, just, it's I imagine it's a similar sort of thing. Mm. I think going on to the other half of it, the the worst thing at White Hart Lane, um, I would, I would, I mean, you know, there's been lots of bad defeats, Chelsea, Arsenal winning the league there, so on and so forth. But I'll honestly say, without doubt, the worst thing I've ever seen at White Hart Lane was the Fabrice Moamba thing. Like it, it, it was. Oh yeah. It sends, oh mate, it sends a cold chill down my spine now just thinking about it. It was. Were you in the ground? Yeah, yeah, and it was it was horrific. It was absolutely horrific. It was horrible. Just that kind of collective realization. Because at first, you know, he's gone down, and people are sort of shouting, "Get, you know, get up!" As you do when mm. someone sort of stays down for a bit, and then when you just knew instantly when you saw the players react to that, the way in which they did, everyone just sharp immediately, and it it was horrible. Just the it was. You can describe it no other way than a deathly silence at yeah. White Hart Lane, was, and it was. It I remember was um, horrific. I was watching it in uh, the now dead Elbow Rooms in Leeds uh, after work. I think I was a Saturday job. Um, I had, and it kicked off sort of. It was a late kickoff, wasn't it, on a Saturday? Mm. Um, and I went with somebody from work, so we were going to play pool and watch the game. And sort of when it happened, everyone was sort of like, oh, what's happened here, sort of a thing. And then sort of, you, you know, the background noise or somewhere like that, of you know, people smashing pole balls and that as hard as they can, started dying down a little bit. And everyone who was watching the game just started huddling around TVs because they were like, has someone died here on the field? What the hell's going on? Um, that was that was really strange. That's Yeah, it's not a fond memory. Um, I was going to say, my, my saddest moment abrupt the... By far, I think my lowest moment ever to date as a Spurs fan was that season that Tim Sherwood was in charge. I know we take, oh, yeah. I know we, no, it's awful. I know we take the piss now and look back on it with some sort of perverse fondness because it, it's become this inside joke. Um, because I think we'd cry and require group therapy if it wasn't. Um, it's the most distant I've ever felt from from Tottenham as a as a team and an institution. It's the most sort of it felt like a chore to watch games. It almost felt as if sort of, although I never did sort of turn my back on it completely because you, you can't, um, there was a feeling as if to say, you know, why, why am I still putting myself through this? Because every time the camera had flashed to him, he'd be there in his fucking gilet and he'd get some fucking nonce to come and sit on the bench or, you know, <laughs> you'd have to listen to him in his post-match or pre-match thing talking bollocks and you, you're thinking oh this is the face of our club now this is what Tottenham is as a you know being represented as with this guy um and that was yeah that was that was the worst period for me I don't, I don't, I don't know there's, there's fans who all have supported the club through sort of on the verge of financial ruin and um you know on the verge of being relegated and all that sort of bollocks but um that for me, especially, sort of, there's never been a time in my life where I wasn't desperate in one way or another or didn't move heaven and earth to watch as many minutes of Tottenham as possible. Um, but that was one season where if sort of, you know, someone said to me, oh, we need to do something on Saturday, I wouldn't think, oh, when a Spurs playing, I'd just go, yeah, we'll 
do that. If if I happen to be around when Spurs are playing, then I guess I'll watch it. But I'm not going to sort of, yeah, I'm not going to go out of my way to, to put myself through it again. It was just, uh, it was painful. And I think sort of, when people take the piss out of Spurs, usually it's sort of, it either comes from a place of disingenuousness or jealousy, really. Um, sort of, I think a large majority of the West Ham fans, for example, that were sort of saying that there's no point in saying goodbye to our island because we're not moving anywhere. We're probably just jealous of the fact that yeah. our ground's going to be exactly where it was. And totally. Theirs was blown up for a film effect. Um, yeah, fuck those guys. It's, um, yeah, th- that, that was it for me, Tim Sherwood. I, I will forever hate that man and that yeah, period of the miserable. club and wish him nothing but professional ruin. Um, and personal ruin, to be quite frank. I don't care for him whatsoever. Uh, Polino the other day coming out with that gem of a quote. I, it was all right. I Until him. that Englishman <laughs> Until came Until that in. Englishman came in, yeah. I, I, yeah. I think as I tweeted, I've never been Team Polino, uh, but on this one, I will I will follow him into battle. Well, um, that was quite a somber like a... little talk, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was. We've um, not even mentioned the um, game. I know, but well, we won two one. We we sealed second place, so we actually, yeah, we we we've gone one better. Two two games to go as well. Sealing second, it's good. Mm, um, Harry Kane's the uh, last ever mm-hmm. Tottenham player to score at White Hart Lane, which I think is that's good. good. Victor Wayne Wanyama Rooney. coming up at a, a random yeah. bullet header. It's true. Wayne Rooney being the last player to score in a competitive game at White Hart Lane, which I don't I don't overly mind. Given that, I would I would to this day still say. He is one of the finest footballers I've ever seen at White Hart Lane. When he was in his when he was in his pomp, when they did us three nil, um, I remember watching him thinking, "Christ, he is actually really, really good." Yeah, um, and it was oddly was overrated for um, a long time. There was oddly some sort of comfort in sort of uh, having a. Um, <laughs> uncomfortable twenty minutes towards the end of the game where yeah we were clinging on. It's um, perfect. If perfect. We'd have it's of, if we'd have won three or four, then it would have. Um, I'm not sure it would have had that same uh, je ne sais quoi as they say. But it does mean that the rest of the season pretty much is a is a dead rubber now. Yeah, let's um, go on holiday. It don't matter. Yeah. However, we we still took the time to get a Leicester guest on, so uh, we're speaking to Getty Sports Michael Regan. All right, hello. Welcome back to Rule the Roost podcast, Mr. Michael Regan. How are you doing, mate? Hello. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm not too bad. You know, sitting up in second place this year. We we have come second in a two-horse race this year, mate. So, And congratulations for that. I saw the pitch invasion that you had to on it to, to celebrate it. It was, it was excellent things there. Well, we, actually, we actually won the treble this year. Um, the treble being the finishing a season unbeaten at home, finishing above Arsenal, and also finishing second in the league. So, you know, congrats to three big trophies we've won. Genuine congratulations for finishing above Arsenal, though, because that must be a brilliant monkey to get off your back. Mate, it's... I've I've said it previously, and I know it's a bit tin pot, but it it kind of is like winning a cup, just as a one-off. I wouldn't say that every single year. If we did it again next year... But I think after 22 years, yeah, probably will do, mate. Like, you know, the excuse being that we played the season in Wembley, so, you know. But I reckon after 22 years and that massive psychological barrier being smashed now, I think it is kind of like winning a cup. 
it's, it's a bit of a it's a it's a bit of a mount we've climbed. That's a real tin pot attitude, isn't it? But you know, I'll go with that. I'm it is, but you know, it, it, I, I know what you mean. But it's just, I mean, Arsenal wind me up, Spurs wind me up as well. So everyone winds me up, and so <laughs> you know, seeing Spurs finish above Arsenal means I can focus on Arsenal's pain. <laughs> which is which is which is a, it's a new one, isn't it? Seeing Arsenal finish below Spurs, it's pretty to glorious that, to see them squirm at that. Seeing them not finish in the top four as well, likely anyway, is yeah, well, pretty mad. Um, but you know, we're not here to talk about Tottenham and Arsenal today, Michael. As much as I'd like to talk about that for a lot longer, um, it's about Leicester City. I mean, it's, it's a very, very different, very different season this time around. Um, <laughs> no, no shit. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm not going to. To be honest, I'm. You know, you've, you've, you've ended. You are ending it now with, you know, a bit of credibility. I'd say, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, it feels a lot. It feels a lot better. Um, the whole season seems to have been about that Ranieri, into, you know, the, the bit where he left, and it was all kind of. It all kind of feels like the whole season was all about that little period where we just turned it all around. Um, and, um, you know, yeah, it, it feels good, but it does feel like an opportunity wasted. It does feel like we could have achieved so much more in the league uh, had we have sorted out the Ranieri situation earlier. I'll be honest, at the, at the start of the season, I was, you know, I'm not trying to be a knob about it, but I wasn't really expecting you to win the league again. But I would have thought probably at least kind of top eight, maybe? Top top eight? Totally. Pushing totally, top yeah. six? Yeah. I've, I've, you know, in my wildest dreams, we'd have qualified. We'd have been in the top four again. Um, but I, I really wanted UEFA Cup, you know, to qualify for the UEFA Cup. And third best would have been not finishing as the, as the worst champions, which is Chelsea finishing in ninth. Last season, I wanted to finish. Or did they finish tenth? I wanted to finish above where Chelsea finished. I didn't want people turning around and going, "Oh, worst champions ever in the in the Premier League." Not that it matters too much because we are champions. But um, it was, it, yeah, it was it was annoying, and it went it went tits up really quickly, how, how? and uh, and everyone went into panic mode. Um, so our, our expectations were smashed straight away. I'd be interested to know how how how. How does it actually feel? Like, not how does it feel to win the league? Because I can imagine that was pretty incredible. But just, you know, it's, it, it, the you thing, don't have to imagine that. <laughs> well, let's hope not. <laughs> the thing I, uh, the thing I always sort of reconcile myself with is that if we, if we had done it last year, or if we'd have even done it this year, I almost kind of like tell myself I, I could die happy now. It, it, like, it's almost like every other season after us winning the league wouldn't really matter because I've seen us win the league, but. Is that something you you kind of felt, and that's sort of drastically yeah, changed? Totally, and that and, you, and 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 it is true. With you know, people, I'm not just thinking it or saying it to people to try and to try and deflect from the fact we've had a bad season. Um, it is it is true. We have won the league, and it, it it for the first part of the season, it absolutely made up for the disappointing results. You're like, well, you know what? It's it's fine. It's fine. But then it started to look like we we're going to get relegated. And then at that point you you start getting wound up, and there was a point where I was like, it doesn't matter. Stick with Ranieri. He won us the league. You know, if we get relegated, it's fine. It doesn't matter. It'll just be. It'll just make the story even funnier. Let's get relegated. And then oh, we just had a couple of results, and it really did look like we were going down. 
and you just and and then it wasn't it no you should, you should never be relegated from the Premier League. We shouldn't have been. We were were never mind that we've been champions the season before that. We were much worse than the team that that nearly got relegated the season before. You know, mm. we've been we were playing much worse than that. So it was it was it was an, it was a disappointment. It, yeah, it, it was looking pretty dicey for a while until, here's a nice segue, until Claudio Ranieri did get the boot, um, which does, you know, before we sort of go into it too much, it does on the surface at least kind of trash a lot of those sort of throwaway opinions that were voiced at the time. Oh, how how could they get rid of Ranieri after he delivered them that season? So on and so forth, and, you know, the... The proof was in the pudding, shall we say, that it was the right decision. Um, do, yeah. Do, do you know yeah. much about what happened, or? I, uh, <laughs> I, I think that Claudio Ranieri is a very different. The impression I get is that Claudio Ranieri is a very different manager to Nigel Pearson, more um, authoritarian. Uh, Nigel Pearson kind of let the players look after themselves a lot, ask them how they wanted to play. Um, and, and and kind of Ranieri's come in and he's not of that mindset didn't want to do that but we kind of he was he was slowly fighting against it I don't know whatever magic happened we needed Ranieri to win the league we would never have won it without him but I think the players were always pushing against his kind of ideas and and they were winning so he didn't want to push too much over the summer he was told that he'd never be sacked you know he'd, he'd got a job for life at Leicester and he kind of got his feet under the table and Kind of, we've got a little bit too much Ranieri into the mix, um, and 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 we just stopped playing. And I think I'm pretty sure he told them to stop pressing, you know, as high up the pitch. He didn't he didn't want them pressing. He wanted them to sit back a bit more uh, and and wait for the opposition to come on to him. And and the players didn't like that. And um, and so the second he left, when he did eventually go, um, we started pressing more, started running about more, and. Um, and, yeah, and they get criticism for that. They're like, well, we didn't run around this much, before, you know, under Ranieri. It's like, no, he didn't want them to. He, you know, they, they, they wanted to, but he, he, he didn't want them doing it. So it, it, it's been a bit unfair on the players, I think, some of the coverage. Have they, have any of them wound you up at all, though? I mean, like, for example, like, I know Mares has recently said he hopes that you honour his agreement that he can leave this summer. Um, don't know if that was an actual quote or if that's what's been speculated. But... Uh, it's, it, it, yeah, that's, yeah, I mean... I thought we were. I thought we did well holding on to him last year, um, and um, yeah, he did an interview ahead of the, the Man City game, I think, on Sky, and he basically said, "Yeah, he wants to be a big club playing Champions League football." Uh, fair enough. Right then, like you can't argue with it. It's rare that you get that kind of honesty, and you just think, "Well, you did give us that extra year. You were shit for the first half, but you did give us that extra year." So, you know, away you go. I mean, you'll get. He's under contract for quite some time, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? You'll yeah, get a decent contract. money for him, though. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. And, and that's how these that's how these contracts work, isn't it? You know, like he was under he was under contract for quite a long time last summer, and the club said, "Well, we're not selling you, so it's up to you. You can sit in the reserves, or you can, or you can sign a new deal on more money, and we'll let you go in the summer." You know, there's obviously been a bit of that going on. That's how you know. There's obviously things built in and and and, and um, stuff that they don't tell you about. You'd imagine, because I mean, there's, there's been a few links with him to, to Spurs, and 
as much as I'd, yeah, I'd so like yeah. him, I, I think he'd be a bit out of our price range, really, uh, I'd imagine so anyway. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to have as much money. Just, I mean, Arsenal really struggles when they've got their new ground. Spurs, gonna, uh, you're not going to have as much money anymore. I, I oh, hold on, this £7 million net spend is going to come up, isn't it? <laughs> Well, I, I doubt it though. I I, I really do that because I would I would look at someone like Myers anyway and think he's a probably a, at least a sort of forty mil kind of player. That's what you'd want for him, and that's what you could probably yeah, demand totally, for him absolutely. at the moment. Um, he's you know, he's got a long contract. He was one of the figureheads of you winning the league, and he's he's got a lot of attributes that a lot of clubs would like. Really, just look at what Sadio Mane's done for Liverpool. Um, I know they're not exactly the same type of player, but there's the similarities there. And I just, you know, I can't see Spurs either matching the sort Would of you wages. Have I, yeah, I definitely have him. I definitely have him. He's um, got a lot of criticism this year from Leicester fans. What, for his attitude or for his ability? Yeah, yeah you know, they'll, they'll accuse him of being lazy and, and for disappearing in tough games and stuff like that. I mean, I don't, I don't agree with it. I just think he's one of those players that will pop up and, Cause, cause trouble a couple of times during the match and win you it. I mean, I could see him potentially being that type of personality that if he is like that, that would probably fall out with a Pochettino once, you know, he, he doesn't really take uh, much of these kind of uh, lacklustre performances. You know, he, he if, if he is someone that needs to be constantly motivated, um, I can imagine that probably not going in sync with Pochettino. But it's hard to say, you know, after, like you are saying, the season you sort of started having. But, you know, Gareth Bale dug in when we were terrible and Hugo Lloris has done the same at Spurs. So, I, I, I don't know. It's hard to say, really, isn't it, without knowing what's gone on behind the scenes. But I'm, I'm a big fan of Morris. But I think most signs seem to point to us going for Zaha in a big way this summer. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, like I said, I just think Morris will probably get paid a lot more by someone else as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it'd be sad to see him go, and you you like to think that he'll stay, but um, I think they should do, like I say about that lost opportunity last season. We might have been able to not one. You can't kick on from winning the league, but we might have squeezed back into Europe and, and something and made a case for people hanging around. But um, but that's not happened. So I think you, we're going to have to. You had a decent Champions League run as well, which was nice this season. It was. Oh, mate. I mean, those experiences were absolutely brilliant. I mean, that was, I mean, as much as the league was a bit rubbish this year, um, the Champions League was, it was, it, you know, held up the season for us. I mean, you're not going to find too many Leicester fans walking around being really miserable about this season when, when we've had nights like those. No, I can imagine. I mean, we remember it from, you know, when we had our sort of bail, bail-led season in the Champions League. It's just nice to be mm-hmm. that, that anomaly in there and surprise everyone as opposed to the sort of tepid campaign we had this year which um was a bit annoying but looking looking forward shakespeare he has come in and turned it all around i'm not going to make any sort of cheesy shakespeare puns that have probably already been done to death by the tabloid press um but has he has he changed anything in particular have you noticed anything different in the way in which you're playing from last year or yeah no yeah they're right back at it they're right back at it so he um they're pressing they're pressing more you know, they're, and they're, and they're they're all looking at. They all look like they're more up for it, but they're not. They're just allowed to be more up for it. I think. I know that sounds really, really stupid, but um, they have got the 
that kind of, you know, that the season where we did the great escape and we started playing really well towards the end, mm-hmm. and then obviously the season where we won the league, they look more like that, and they look nothing like that under Ranieri for whatever reason. You're happy with him then, basically. You, you think he's going to lead you on to a good one, or are you, are you seeing him more as someone that can steady the ship and you'd like to maybe chance your arm and bring in a bigger name, dare I say, at some point? No, stick with him. Stick with him. That The way our team is, is that they, they like to run themselves. And until they prove that they're not capable of running themselves anymore, give them the manager that they want. We've had the, we've had the core of those players. We've had for quite, you know, three or four years now. And um, and the fans are loyal to, to them. So if that's the manager they want, let, let them have him. I mean, there's absolutely no reason. You've, you've got a very good squad, you know, you've, Obviously, sort of doing what you did last year kind of throws somewhat, I can imagine, like when you're thinking about a sort of a forward plan and this kind of thing, you know, a, a legacy, shall we say, it, it does kind of throw it throw it open a bit. But, I mean, w- what is it that you would hope for from this? Because I would say from the outside, looking in, I mean, there's there's every sort of scope there for you to be, you know, like a sort of top six, top seven team consistently. Um, you know, finishing perhaps in the top four intermittently here and there. But the, the foundation is obviously there for you to do that. Is, is that something that you would sort of see as tangible success? Or do you want to, do, you want to do a class of 92 ex- style? I wouldn't expect Leicester to hover around the UEFA <coughs> Cup, not UEFA Cup, UEFA League uh, placings and then occasionally into the top four because it, it's just not what our club does. We'll be back down in Division Three in a couple of years. Like we, we, it's hard to imagine us settling up in that in that higher part of the Premier League. You just kind of hope. I think everyone just hoped that we'd be up there again this season and that we'll, you know, descend slowly, ever so slightly. So, but when I don't, I, I can't see us, you know, spending the next ten years bothering the European places. It's just not. It's just. It just it's just not the way the Premier League works, is it? Mm, probably not, no. Um, do you feel slightly upset at all after the season he's had that Jamie Vardy didn't go to Arsenal in the end? Absolutely not. He's brilliant. He's been brilliant the last part of the season, hasn't he? Yeah. Maybe the Jamie Vardy fan club. But he's been... Um, he's only scored like five goals in here or something. Yeah, but, but you know... No, 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 no. no. I'm happy, happy he stayed. Um, I think he'll be good again next season. I think he's been decent since, he's been very good since Shakespeare took over. Has he, how, how many has he actually scored? Oh, how well prepared are he? He scored, scored more than, he scored five recently, he scored three against Man City. Yeah, no, I think he's, he's, up, he's up around 10, 15, isn't he, I think, in the league. I bet he's over, I bet he's over 10, and, um, he's, you know, he's, he's pressing, he's, he's, he seems like the Jamie Vardy of, of old. So no, I'm I'm glad that we didn't we didn't get rid of him. I think he'd have been good at Arsenal. I just think that the the, the because we were so rubbish at the for the first half of the season, it reflects badly on strikers. Always look bad in a decent team, decent team, don't they? Because they don't get the service, and then everyone's like, oh, he scores loads of goals, but he stops scoring them. He's the reason that they're rubbish, and they're the reason he's rubbish. I think it's a bit of that. As soon as the team kicked in, he kicked in. Mm. Chicken and egg. Yeah, chicken, chicken and egg. Apparently, uh, Atletico Madrid are interested in him, so that would be a, that'd be an interesting uh, a cultural exchange.
<laughs> yeah, it would be quite decent. It's a little mini series to be had there, I reckon. ITV, pitch it to ITV three or ITV four, and then uh, snap your hands off. Like a different country. Yeah, <laughs> still get egg and chips though. So um, it's a bit of a, it's a dead rubber this game. I I, I believe neither of us um, can switch 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 position anymore um, from where we are. I think is that right? I believe so. I've, I heard someone say that on another podcast earlier. Um, so, again, I haven't researched it. But there isn't much to play for other than pride. Um, do you think your your lads will be up for it, enjoy getting one over Spurs once again? No, I think we've reached that. Um, I think we can't. We, there is a couple of Premier League places in it for us. So, I don't know what podcast that was, but I won't bother with that one again. The... Um, we can definitely finish eighth. Um, I think at this end of the season, in recent years, teams just switch off left, right and centre, don't they? So I'm not expecting much from our lot um, in this game and um, I'm not expecting much from your lot and I think your lot might win and it probably a draw. Um, the, the end of the Premier League has turned into... It is, Arsene Wenger was moaning about it, but when we stayed up that great escape season, we played loads and loads of teams towards the end of the season who were safe and in mid-table, and we just pick points off, up off all of them, and um, it just goes, it goes really strange at Premier League, everyone's on holiday, it's all over, and it's a bit weird, isn't it, what can they do about that? I don't know really, it's probably partly to do with the way in which the sort of top four is so coveted now, isn't it, it, it kind of seems to push the rest of the league into insignificance nowadays. At West Brom, they got to 40 points, didn't they, and then picked up it's at one point, two points since then. Think Again, so. I've not researched. So, so I'm not expecting. I'm not expecting much blood and guts. Game's gone, mate. Thursday. Game's gone. Hmm? Against modern Phone's football. Gone. No, I said game's gone, mate. Oh, okay. game's gone. Yeah, that's it, mate. <laughs> it has gone. Yeah, totally against modern football, mate. Um, so yeah, I'm not expecting. I'm not expecting too much. It'd be like a pre-season friendly or something, I think. But I know that the Leicester fans are looking forward to giving Tottenham a, a good. Sing song. I imagine so. Um, it's probably one you're not going to let us forget for, for quite some time, is it, you bastard? So, um, do you expect? So, what, what if I was to press you for a, a score prediction? What would you go with? Well, I hope we get something out of it, um, just for just for shits and giggles. But uh, so I'm going to say one-one. One-one. I'm going to say one-one. But that's good. You're going to need. We're going to need Spurs to really not turn up <laughs> to get something out of it because you are really good, aren't you? Uh, we are pretty good, actually, aren't we? It's, it's it's quite strange to to really sort of see us be really good again, um, but we are. So let's see if we. Uh, do you feel like Do you feel like you've got really good at the wrong time because you're about to move to Wembley and, it, and you could really have done with this team turning up a few years ago? Completely that, mate. Like, but uh, yeah. but then again, it's you know how 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 much do we know that it's they're not just suddenly playing well because of that sense of urgency that this might be the end of it because we're going to Wembley next year. I don't know, there's so many variables and so on and so forth that you can throw into that, but we'll see, you know, who knows. I had I, I voiced a theory last week that I think that the the Wembley, the trepidation about Wembley and everyone's worries that we're going to get like relegated or something are uh, are a bit false. It's a bit of a half-truth that, you know, really when you consider it, in, in in practice, we probably have more experience playing on that pitch than anyone else in the country. 
and if people are coming to this thinking Spurs struggle at Wembley, that's going to play into our favour as well. So I, I think we'll be all right. Maybe we won't be pushing for the title again, but I, I think we'll be up in the mix for the top four at least. No, well, you should you should be. Who are you gonna, who's, go, who's going this summer? Many. Probably Carl Walker. Yeah, that'll be it. Uh, I, I, I still think Deli Ali, perhaps, um, if you know, Adidas want to up the, yeah, the ante with Real Madrid and all that. But, um, yeah, I don't think there'll be many others other than Walker and him. Maybe all the world stalling over a contract, but, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Um, I mean, it's a worry for both our clubs, isn't it? Who's, who's going this season? And it's... Um, it will be interesting if Marlis turns up at Spurs. I think, you know, people are talking about him going Barcelona not long ago. So, um, it, you know, it should, no offence Tottenham, but it shows that he's not had the greatest season in the world. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, sorry. Um, but, I'm sorry that I think that Barcelona are a bit better than Tottenham. Well, mate, I just think it's a bit of a bit of a muggy opinion, really. You know, it's, it's uh, <laughs> based on YouTube compilations and playing FIFA, isn't it? That's it. <laughs> yeah, quite. Yeah. Um, all right then, Michael Regan. Thank you very much again for joining us on Roll the Roost and uh, we'll speak to you next year, perhaps. Yes, I look forward to it. Cheers, mate. Have a good one. Cheers. Start late. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Thank you very much, Michael Regan. Um, just a peek behind the curtain there, I actually used a weird new call recording thing. Um, so that's why the sound quality is pretty terrible. But, you know, you, you get to hear it anyway. So don't don't complain. Stop complaining at us. We do this for free. We do this because, you know, we know... We don't really do this for the love of it. We do it because we know how much you love us and how much you love listening to what we have to say. It's a service, wouldn't you say, Raj? I think after these... I think we can be a bit big-headed about it after all these years now. Yeah, uh, I think it's a vital frontline service um, that is going to be underfunded under the next government. More important, I, I would go as far as to say we're probably more... I mean, like, okay, right, your front line, your front line is ambulance, right? I've got a lot of time for paramedics, ambulance service. Got a lot of time for, you know... Nurses. Nurses, yep, they're nice, they're all right. 
police, they're good when you need them, but they often show up when you don't. That's my kind of problem with them. Um, Rule the roost more vital than the police. Probably, but I'd say the fire service were definitely more important than them. Like nothing, what sets on fire anymore? Nothing. You know, no, when I have to write your obituary after dying in a fire, they're going to replay this bit of audio and karma will have been proven. They just get cats out of trees and that, don't they? Nothing sets, nothing's made of wood anymore. It's all metal and glass. <laughs> Did you ever, ever have a, what, what was sort of the weird stereotypical job you wanted when you were a kid? Um, not fireman or train driver or something. I've no mate. I've never, I've never wanted out like that ever. I've always, I've always wanted to, I've always wanted to be an animator and make films and Even stuff. Even since you're a little Yeah, oh. always, all this time. And look, look at me now, not doing it. <laughs> uh, please kill me. Um, I wanted to be a bus driver like my granddad. That's good. Noble profession. I didn't do that though because I realised to pay you fuck all and you get dickheads on the bus. Yeah. So, I became a journalist instead. Hail to the bus drive. I like that episode of The Simpsons. Yeah. Wheels on the bus. Yeah, that's good. Um, right, so, I mean, let's, we we don't need to dwell on Leicester, really, do we? Uh, we already spoke about Riyad Mahrez last week. Uh, you don't want him. I'm sort of on the fence about it. I'd probably take him, but... No, so let's let's go on to some of our listener questions, and we got a good we got a good few questions this week, lads, lads and lasses. Actually, I should say, um, one day, one day, you're not going to be allowed to say lads and lasses, mate. That's it. When the PC brigade have their way, um, so say it while you can. Um, I don't know what the fuck I'm on about. Um, Sean Gormley. At Sean Anigan um, says, why didn't Lamella get paraded out amongst all the club legends? Good question, Sean. Didn't want him to um, overshadow the day, I think. Um, that's true. I mean, if there's any... bigger, bigger, bigger than Bill Nick, really, isn't he nowadays? I'd say Lamella. Yeah, I mean, if you really don't want to sort of, it was about White Hart Lane. It wasn't about the best ever player in Tottenham's history, so. Um, that's why Bale wasn't there. It's why Van der Vaart wasn't there. It's just that sort of a thing where sort of you get the the lesser known legends in, as it were, um, and you keep it at that because you, you you sort of you don't want to remove the focus from what the the attention should have been about. I tweeted Spurs official not long ago asking who I could write a letter to to request that there was a Eric Lamella statue outside the new ground, but they never got back to me. Um, still waiting on that. Um, Order est Fakieri, I believe it's pronounced as... Um, you butchered that, lad. The Fighting Cock. Well, no, this is this, the Fighting Cock had a little bit on with a Latin expert a few years back who, you know, I, I've always pronounced it Order est Fakieri, but apparently it was Fakieri. Um, something like that. I don't know. Ask, ask, what was his name? Zod or something like that? A lad that used to contribute to Fighting um, Cock. Superman's dad. I don't know if it could well be. Um, Fighting Cock had Superman's dad on to tell them about the... Is that one of the episodes you did on Acid? No, no, it was it was, it was after my time there. It was after, you know, they, they got sick of my uh, righteous indignation um, and got rid of me, bastards. Um, That's when the Latin lads. content came in. <laughs> not bitter, lads. All right, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, just, just bear in mind, you know, just bear in mind who helped build you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, it's the end of the season. Come on, it's silly season. We're allowed to start being naughty. Um, You're there, right. Alan Sugar. <laughs> Fuck off, cunt. <laughs> um, right. At to dare is to coys. He asks, should Stephen Carr have been invited to the last game? No, great he left to win trophies, didn't he? Well, he's a great player, nine years' service, but was pretty shitty when he left. I mean, yeah, to be fair, the lad did say, he actually came out and said, I would have done the same thing, like, days after Sol Campbell signed for Arsenal. It's not really what you want to hear. And he was a current Spurs player at that point. To be fair, he did win trophies when he left uh, Tottenham. He won the Intertoto Cup with Newcastle in 2016 and the League Cup with Birmingham in 2011, so... That's true. Yeah, he did. That was pretty glorious, to be fair. So clearly, his um, um, his career was fulfilled after his years at Tottenham. I mean, he was a very he, the annoying thing about Steam Guy is he has been shitty, but he was he was he was fantastic. He was one of the, like the best players when I was a kid. Oh yeah, like, that, that goal up. he scored against uh, Man United at Wattleham was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, he was. He, he was smashed that ball into orbit. If there wasn't a net there, it'd still be moving. Speaking, I I have a feeling we're going to differ in opinion on this. But speaking of like shittiness, um, post. Do you need a toilet during the set. Well, no, no. I actually went to after you know, yeah, in between our recording. I didn't do a poo though. I only only had a wee on that occasion. Um, there is one brewing though. Um, but did, were you were you at all or are you at all put out? by Gareth Bale's complete radio silence? Because this seems to be a bit of a talking point at the moment um, amongst your your chattering classes that he hasn't said anything at all about the about the lane closing or any anything like that. I don't know if it's anything to do with him. I just think it might have gone over the head of whoever runs his social media. Um, he does do, every now and then he sort of... He has done sort of paid lip service to Tottenham and sort of, um, you know, I remember last season he said congratulations on a great season and sort of he always mentions the club um, when given opportunity to. So I'm less inclined to take it as a slight. I think he may be towing the line a little bit because there are so many rumours over the future of him at Real. Um, So I think there might be bigger forces at play with him career-wise. So I think, it, I imagine, the, there's, you know, who, whichever office runs his social media, they had the conversation about doing it. And they were like, is it worth 10,000 replies from Real Madrid fans in Dubai calling us a dick in Arabic because we've said goodbye to our lane? And they're like, no, I, I want an easy life. Let's post a picture of Marcello instead. <laughs> You know, the only thing, right, I, I took, see, I've I've got kind of t- t- two sides to this, mate, right? I mean, I think Real the were other actually week, playing that same day as well, so I don't, I mm, doubt you'd have got permission as an injured member of the squad to have travelled to London to win. Oh, not to go, no, I, I don't, I don't, I don't hold it against him going, but I, I, right, so a lot of people got a bit angry the other week because Kyle Walker's avi changed to him wearing a Nike kit and his uh, header changed to one of him in a Nike kit. Now, I will say as someone that's been on that side of the equation who has literally and literally had the when keys you left to... Tottenham. 
Well, no, I've no, no, I've literally had the keys to Kyle Walker's social media accounts before. All right, big to dick. post to post stuff out on his behalf, right? So, and I also know that with that kind of thing, basically, Nike athletes playing at non-Nike clubs have kind of loose agreements in place, and I'm sure this applies to all brands. Will have loose agreements in place with those clubs that will say, you know, half or X amount of the season, he will be club branded. X amount of the season, he will be brand branded, you know, like partner branded. And so it's pr- I, I would hazard a guess that the Carl Walker thing a few weeks ago was just horrendous timing in that his his header image and whatever changed in a time when there were rumours about him leaving. Um, it's just he changed into England kit. And it, it doesn't surprise me as well, you know, we're going to become a Nike club this summer, that the club are probably keen to, you know, soft sweeten them up a bit when they make these kind of requests. Can you please, you know, make sure all the Nike athletes on your team now are represented as Nike athletes? Blah, 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 blah. That kind of wanky, boring corporate stuff that goes on in football, and that's what football's built on. Um, so I do get that, and I get that Gareth Bale probably doesn't run his social media account. However, however... At the same time, on the flip side of it, it was only, what, last year or the year before that before Arsenal played in the FA Cup final, he wished Aaron Ramsey and Theo Walcott good luck through his Twitter account. And he was like, and I think he he congratulated Anthony Joshua on his fight as well pretty recently. And I know this is splitting it hairs and I know I'm a grown man. And yeah, I but know do you even think that it was him who tweeted that Anthony Joshua thing or do you think that somebody in an office went look how many impressions I mean, they're, both, they're, they're probably both beats athletes or some shit as well aren't they yeah like, or some but stuff like that it'll, like, there'll be some sort of commercial connection and there'll also be the fact that they will know mentioning Anthony Joshua in his tweet given yeah, how many impressions so. that fight will have gotten worldwide is a good thing for Bale brand or band brand Bale even I just want them to care Raj that's all I want him to care we made him. We made that fucking jugged prick. Like we made him. Can't even send us a tweet. Yeah, I, I, I genuinely think that that's um, it's a tad I weak. Um, I know it is. I mean, he, I he does do things like sort of. There's a you can actually tell when he does stuff because I think a while back he sort of congratulated Peter Crouch on a hundred goals or something like that, which did look like something he'd done. Because it was sort of like whoever he's hired to run his social media won't know who Peter Crouch is. Um, so it's it's just one of those, really. It's um, it's whoever was deciding on the day, and I do think that sort of it will have been disgusting because there are so many rumours about his future and everything. Um, I do think they will have probably gone. You know, it's for an easier life. We best not mention a different club right now because all we're going to get is sort of marker and ass given his grief and then all the people who Facebook him and tweet him back and all that shit. But if if I can refloat my my uh my hunch that when uh Real Madrid come in for Delhi Ali, Gareth Bale comes back the other way, I will happily do so. That'd be delicious. Um take him back even if he didn't tweet us when the stadium got knocked down the prick. Um We've had Liam Canning, who at Liam Paul Canning, who I believe is actually a Manchester United fan. So I I take this with a big pinch of salt, 
Salty Salt, um, who says, I'm assuming through a side eye, do you think you can hold on to Deli Ali and Harry Kane if you go another season without winning a trophy? When the biggest clubs in the league are so fucking shit, then yeah, I'll, I'll, I won't be worried about it. Do you think you can hold on to Paul Pogba without Champions League football again? Yeah, he's got, probably he's, can he's got some adverts. Because you to, pay him loads. That's it. He's got some adverts to film. That's it. Um, no, but I mean, all right, okay. T- 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 take it out of that context. I think it is an interesting. I don't Kane, Harry Kane doesn't Man go United anywhere for, for the rest of his career. Harry Kane doesn't go anywhere. He um, probably doesn't, does he? I think where, especially if the if the Nike deal gets ratified, um, given the conversation we just had about the commercial side of football, um, I think that almost solidifies him at Tottenham because they yeah. want a big name player to be the face of, you know one of their London clubs because I think they've Chelsea have had an agreement with them as well. Um I think given that they're one of the principal partners of the NFL, it makes that relationship much easier and it makes our connection to mm-hmm. the US um much more fruitful because I think there would be some friction if we were to sign with sort of Adidas or, you know, even Under Armour who are competitors to, you know, the beast that is the NFL and that franchise. I imagine there are when you get into the bed, when you get into bed with the NFL, it's it's not one bed you're getting into, but you know a, a brothel full. Um, <laughs> so I imagine there are there are there are certain deals that and, and you know doors that probably Tottenham will benefit from because of that relationship, including sort of a kit deal with Nike that have been sort of greased by the people at the NFL who want sort of Spurs and everyone to just have permanent Nike branding and shit wherever they want in, in the ground and whenever the London, you know, the inevitable London franchise that will play at New White Hart Lane is announced, they will probably have a similar looking kit and um, and sort of, yeah, shirt sponsors shared and what have you so that they'll do cross promotions and shit where Harry Kane will kick some American footballs about and some See, he loves all that as well, doesn't he? He loves his American football. Yeah, some twenty-five stone year old, you know, twenty-five stone man who's gonna, you know, say that he likes Tottenham because he's been paid to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I I think Kane stays. I I think because Deli Ali is Adidas, and because we know Adidas help their uh, mm-hmm. their talent move to other clubs uh, as they did with Pogba to Manchester United. Um, I think he goes to Real. Um, because I think that's probably it's probably the club that makes his dick feel the biggest being linked to. Yeah. Um and he'll sell a shitload of shirts. If Paul Pogba can sell a shit ton of shirts with his shit hair and a fucking dab, Dali Ali's gonna be hot fire. There's not gonna be a road man up and down the country who don't want the Delhi whatever shirt with, you know, trackies on or whatever. Um because that's going to be the cool thing to doing be his in. doing his fucking wave. He doesn't dabby wave. Yeah, doing his. I wave. hate how that's been commodified. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, um, but yeah, that'll be that'll be a thing. Um, yeah. And you know, we we nicked him off MK Don, so having him nicked off us isn't sort of uh, no. you know a thing really. Food chain, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Chain. the same thing that happened with Gareth Bale. So um, I think he'll. I think he's the one to go. Um, and I think it's just a case of either trying to get something back from Real in return, um, which, you know, if it comes perhaps in a season or two, um, he might go the season before we move back. I don't think it'll be this summer. 
Um, I think it might be next summer or the summer after. I think he just needs... Um, he's 21 now, and they bought Bale when he was 23, which is sort of the right time because um, he's more mature and he's he's more settled in himself. He stopped growing for a start because you don't want somebody to suddenly start have growing pains quite literally when you, you sign them. So um, they'll probably leave Tottenham to deal with all of that stuff. Um, you know, what player he'll be in two years when Pochettino's done with him, I'll, I'll not know, but he'll, he will go for a world record fee. Um, mm-hmm. And if, if Bale's still about to come back our way as a sweetener, then uh, I'd take him. It, you know, it might be someone else, but I'd... I take talent back because Real are one of those clubs where even players on their bench are likely to get into our first team, even two years down the line. So, um, you know, fucking take them with two hands. So it's uh, it's just one of those. Uh, I can't see anybody else that's massive leaving. Um, as long as Pochettino are there, I think Lloris will be there. Um, as long as the Belgian lads are together, I think the Belgian lads will be there. I don't think... At his age, there'll be many clubs in for Moussa Dembele. I think maybe a few years down the line, he might make a move to Italy or somewhere because yeah, yeah. Um, easy life, essentially. Um, he'll rip the shit out of that league. Uh, not because it's a bad league, but I think he'd be particularly... No, no, I know he'd be particularly well suited here. Uh, if you think he runs past players for fun here, then there, yeah, be terrifying. Um and the same probably, I think Vertonghen might actually be a lifer, to be honest. I think he's he's quite happy. His tweet was one of the more touching of uh, of them that mm-hmm. came out. Although I can see perhaps him ageing and, and maybe ducking back into Ajax as captain or something like that. Um, a glorious return. Yeah, but other than that, um, it, it happens, man. This, this, this squad will not stay together for, you know, time immemorial. There will be changes needed to be made and we just have to start getting better at um adapting to that and recruiting and bringing in mm. adequate talent to fill those gaps because it's just going to be um part and parcel of being the size of club and having the talent we do on our books well whilst we're on this samuel jones has asked us no idea if this is too late it's not my friends as well obviously um, but would that Kyle Walker tweet just now suggest that something has changed? For anyone that hasn't seen the Kyle Walker tweet, there was a it was a particularly strange one. There was essentially someone's produced a a video of sort of snips and highlights and such of the final day at White Hart Lane, the ceremony, and Kyle Walker's kind of just said a little piece over the top of it, um, just talking about all the memories he's had at White Hart Lane and how special it is to him and what the fans mean to him and what the club means to him. I mean, in terms of has it changed anything, I, I don't know, Samuel. It feels very much to me, it felt to me anyway, I took that as uh, as a pretty fond and heartfelt goodbye. Um, I don't know about you, Raj. What did you, what did you make of it? Um, I found it quite touching. I think I thought it wasn't a nice touch. It would, you know, even... If he's leaving or otherwise, I don't think it's something he had to do. Um, no, no, definitely not. So uh, as far as that's concerned, I think it was um, nice of him and something I liked to see. Um, it's just, you know, it's one of those things. That, I mean, um, I think there was reports today that Kimmich is going to leave Bayern. So if Manchester City are after right back, he's one of the players that Pep brought through. Um, so that may be 
scratches that itch, although he plays in several positions. So and it's not out of the question that Walker um, and Kimmick can go to the same club in the same window uh, by any stretch of the imagination. There's still the sort of Man United rumours, although, you know, silly as it sounds, I think that's a step down as at current... Um, you know, as it currently stands, and uh, there's no assurances that Mourinho will play him over Antonio Valencia, who has had a really good year to say he's sort of slotted in somewhere where he's had to retrain. I just think he'll he'll drive Guardiola insane. Like, <laughs> got it, you know? I, I love Carl Walker. I think he's. It I might be a bit of a, but... a uh, Robbie Keane to Liverpool. We'll have him back in January. Yeah, but no, but you, you genuinely could see it going that way, really. No, yeah, but he, he, he has come on so far and um it would be Pochettino would never let that happen either. I think if someone No, if he left he's in his out. bad books, yeah. He, yeah. he's dead to him. Uh but um you know, I think he there's clearly an effort from from him and his camp to want to if if there is a if there is a possibility he leaves, he wants to do it on good terms, which I think is, you know, yeah admirable. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, something like that. I don't, you know, we talked about Brand Bale. I don't think that pushes the Kyle Walker brand at all because I don't. I'm not entirely sure one exists. Nah. Other than nah, I don't think he doesn't seem that sort of lad that could give less of a fuck about that kind of thing either. Mm. So um, I uh, I'd um, yeah, I think it, it's come from a good place. I think it was needed. I think yeah. um, I think it'll help. You know, take the edge off some of the hostility. Um, I'd be mm. interested to see if he starts now again, um, because I think if the relationship really was broken and Pochettino really did want to make a point, um, Trippi would have played ninety minutes and Walker wouldn't have been in the squad. Um, you know, he's not adverse to dropping people completely. We, you know, Kevin Wimmer was, you know, was a ghost. Um, you know, Cameron Carter Vickers took his place. Uh, so it's one of those, it's, it's really strange for him to have come on. There was clearly some sort of understanding from Pochettino that, you know, he's one of the players who will want to have played in that game and it will have meant, meant something to him to be there. Um, and he did seem to be, you know, drinking it in when, you know, the end of the mm-hmm. game. I mean, there, there's that fantastic shot of Pochettino sort of scanning the ground and sort of, you can almost see him breathing it in and sort of, you know, trying to process it and trying to make a memory of it, which is, you know, it's one of those um, lasting images from from that ceremony that will stick with you. Um, but the Walker situation is a strange one. I mean, uh, if he goes, he'll go for a shitload of money and we'll be able to reinvest it and hopefully find a, an adequate player to fill that position. Um, and if he stays, we've, we've got the player who's been the best right-back in the league for the past two years and... Uh, mm-hmm. And it'd be a sign that Pochettino and him have sort of uh, had a speed bump and, and found a way to get over it, which it, you know, is a, is a good sign for Pochettino as well. It doesn't seem like we're we're past the point of no return. I think, like, like yeah, you're yeah. saying, the fact that Poch is giving, yeah, even when Walker has been dropped, he's still been brought on. Yeah. You know, it's and that's not, and that's weird. You don't do that with right backs. No. You know, like it doesn't smack of a punishment, does it? It's it's one of those weird things. It, I do think there is quite a lot to. Pochettino thinking of his fitness um, more than anything. I I, I do buy into that. Um, But the wage thing, as you say, is probably a concern. And, you know, if if it comes down to 
Kyle Walker being paid in kind to stay at the club, then uh, I can't see any arguments against that. He's one of the longest-serving players there. He's the best in his position at the league. We covered this before. He, the man deserves his money because at the yeah. end of the day, in what the sport has become, he is a he is a commodity and he deserves paying in kind. Well, we've probably got time for a couple more questions. We've got one from Lara at Lazzarini. Uh, oh, this is a pretty horrible question, Lara, I'm not going to lie. Um, she says, would you rather move to the London Stadium but keep Levy in charge or keep our new stadium but have to be taken over by Gold, Sullivan and Brady? Oh, Jesus Christ. No. No, all changes have to be permanent, so no moving in and knocking the stadium down, etc. I take issue with that because we did... Our plan for the Olympic Stadium was to use it as scrap metal. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it sounds... And Sebco had a a hissy fit, didn't they? Yeah, Daniel Levy essentially put up a proposal where no public money went into it and we said, we'll use the foundations you've built for this... Stadium, but fuck your legacy. We're going to build our own ground on here, and we'll redevelop a. I think was it Crystal Palace racetrack. He goes, we'll we'll chuck in some money for Crystal Palace racetrack, so you can use that for your little meets. Um, but this is going to be Tottenham's ground and Tottenham ground only. So I don't think we would be in the Olympic Stadium as it is, but in this uh, fresh hell that uh, Lara has created, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a choice, and that. I'd probably move grounds, to be honest, because you saw how depressed I got earlier with Tim Sherwood there and having the pawn barons and actual Baroness Brady in charge, who seems like, you know, an absolute They seem like some of the worst people ever, don't they? Do you remember when she took an unnecessary shot at Harry Kane when he had a daughter? Um, Yeah. They just seem like horrible people. Um, And I don't want, what is it, David Gold's son that each transfer rumours and shit like that we've already had to live through Brian Lamella I'm not having the chairman's son do the same it's just yeah um, I'll take the shit ground over the shit owners yeah I think I'll probably just about have to go with you there mate but it's they can all both but Lara get in the bin with that question yeah it's horrible nice horrible you know would you rather your mum or dad die yeah, oh Christ, no, let's not, let's not get that one either. It's an easier um, choice than the ones you gave us. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Uh, <laughs> Sean Malloy, I quite like this one, Sean. Bit of a bit of a trolley one. At scam underscore 82 asks us, how do we think Arsenal will adapt to the hectic Thursday to Sunday schedule? Because it looks like they're not going to get in the top four now, mate. It is looking very much that way. I did a bit of a cheeky tweet the other day about Liverpool, um, which... Um, it was very good. I don't mind if it comes back and bites in the ass, but yeah, it did look like they were going to wobble a bit and let Arsenal finish fourth. But uh, it's far funnier to see Arsenal in the Europa League because they've spent so long being dicks about it. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't care. Um, I hope they get shitter year on year. Um, do you, I mean, so they're going to probably, because Sanchez and Urza are both in their last last year of contract, right? Sanchez is going to go to, um, you've got a Bayern or City. Ozil um, will probably go somewhere as well. I can see him probably, he might go to Real if they let Isco or Hammers go. 
Um, or, you know, the Turkish links are, are quite strong as well. Um, so we'll see. I think both of them will end up going up. They, they, they should, if they had any sense, sell Ozil and give his wages to Sanchez, <laughs> double the whatever he's on. And just go, you, you're worth twice as much to us than he was because he's probably the most talented player in the league, um, which shows you how shit they must be as a whole, given that they've got him in their side and they've been so bad. Um, but he, he deserves better as a footballer. Um, but I'm not sure. I mean, I, maybe, you know, you said that Tottenham are getting to the size where they're too big to fail. I think Arsenal are probably at that size as well, where... When once it comes to sort of changing managers, we'll see just how bad, how much of this was Winger and how much of it was sort of the the Usmanov and Kroenke branch of their ownership, because Stan Kroenke is uh, is not a well liked man wherever he goes. He's just moved um, a franchise in the NFL, you know, out of somewhere that you know wanted it to stay, and just gone. No, we're gonna put it in LA instead because it's a bigger market and I can take more money out of it. Um, and I'm fairly sure that, you know, fans of pretty much any franchise in America that he owns aren't entirely taken with him. Um, so it might be that, you know, the fish rots from even further up the head than uh, people had assumed. Very peculiar football club. Very peculiar. Yeah, and it's still um, run by like Lady Pompington Arsbridge or whatever it's called. <laughs> I don't know. No idea. Let me find that now. Um, you carry on talking and do the next question. I'll find out who it is. Uh, I don't even know if we've got any more questions, mate. I don't think we got one. Um, Lady Bracewell Smith, uh, 1955. I like Lady Arsington better. Based oh. in Monaco, major shareholder, non executive director. Is that, that's basically what Joe Lewis is to us, isn't it? Um, I think so. Yeah, we've got a couple of um, of dodgy directors. We've got one uh, non-executive director who might be a baron or something like that. I'm fairly sure his daughter is the source of quite a few of our press leaks. You know, especially when not recently, but especially during the sort of the AVB show with tumultuous times when sort of there are members of the board who have. Um, different ideas on um, which direction the club wanted to go in, essentially. Mm. Almost in a clandestine Game of Thrones-esque manner, he would use his daughter to leak to the press that he, you know, that, you know Levy was saying one thing and sort of destabilise the club and try and, you know, you know, a bit of house of cards spin type of a thing. Um, but, you know, uh, that's... Uh, that's just a rumour. Right, that's it. So if you do want to listen to any of the previous episodes of Rule the Roost podcast, you can do so on a- iTunes, Acast. You can follow us on Twitter at rtrpod.com and you can go to our website, rtr, no, at rtr, at rtr. Fuck's sake, you can follow us on Twitter at rtr underscore pod. And you can go onto our website at uh, Um It's been a pretty, uh, pretty powerful week in the uh, in the world of Spurs. We finished second. There's a lot to look forward to, but we have just said 
goodbye to a massive part of our history. Um, it's a new chapter for Spurs, but uh, let's not forget the old one. Uh, it lives on in all of us. Good night. thoughts of thee. Within my heart they still shall dwell, and they shall cheer and comfort me. Oh, beautiful and full of grace, if thou hadst never met mine eye, I had not dreamed a living face could fancy charms so far out vie. If I may ne'er behold again that form and face, so dear to me, nor hear thy voice, still would I fain preserve, for I, their memory. That voice, the magic of whose tone can wake an echo in my breast, creating feelings that alone can make my tranced spirit blessed. That laughing eye, whose sunny beam my memory would not cherish less, and oh, that smile, whose joyous gleam nor mortal language can express. Adieu, but let me cherish still the hope with which I cannot part. Contempt may wound and coldness chill, but still it lingers in my heart. And who can tell but heaven, at last, may answer all my thousand prayers and bid the future pay the past with joy for anguish, smiles for tears. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.